Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resales and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela, and today I am joined by Jess, who has been on the podcast before. Uh, but today we're going to talk about home decor trends that we're seeing in 2024 and how to apply this to your reselling business or how to apply it to your own home. And yeah, I, I love home decor. <laughs> Jess loves home decor. So I'm excited <laughs> to chat about this topic. So we are going to get right into it. We will see you at the table. Welcome back, Jess. Awesome. Thanks for having me back. Of course. You're always welcome here. Um, refresh my memory. Last time you came on, we talked about vintage home goods, correct? Yeah. So um, so for anyone who hasn't listened to um, that previous episode, my um, shop is called Upright Vintage. Um, and I sell mostly on Etsy. I sell a mix of vintage um, like home decor, glassware, clothing, um, really a wide range of things, but especially like um, you know, just a lover of vintage rather than maybe contemporary um, goods. So I think last yeah. time we talked like mostly about like, yeah, like vintage and then Etsy specifically mm -hmm. and um, that kind of thing. Yeah. Glassware, I think was one of the things that we touched on too. So I'll make sure I link that in the show notes. So you guys can listen to that episode. So today we are still going on the home goods train. However, we're going to talk about the trends that we're seeing in 2024 and how there's some shifts happening in the home decor realm. Um, we do have a lot of listeners who love to sell home decor. We have a lot of vintage sellers and we also have people that listen to this podcast who just like to hear about reselling. <laughs> so um, before we get into the different trends that are out there, I thought it'd be fun to kind of share what I guess we like in our homes, <laughs> what kind of trends we follow, if any. Uh, so I know for me personally, yes, I, I like farmhouse not modern farmhouse I like more of the European cottage with the rustic farmhouse vibe that exists here in the U.S. mixed with industrial like I like a little bit of all of that but I, I definitely have more of like a Europe European feel when I'm looking for home decor I don't like the I mean in articles that we read they always mention like the HGTV farmhouse. Like that's not what I like. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't like that version of it. I understand why people do like it. Um, and I feel like the furniture stores definitely push that out the most. But when I think of farmhouse, I think more of like the, I guess what Joanna Gaines has done in that whole Magnolia realm. I like that because it's very rustic. But then if you were to Google or Pinterest, like a Tuscan cottage, I really like that too. <laughs> I like yeah. the mix. I like all the mixes. Um, I like more of the neutral colors, but I'm not afraid to incorporate color, but I tend to stay in the same realm, if that makes sense. More muted. Uh, I definitely don't do bold. I'm looking around my house. I don't have any bold colors. I've got like sage greens. I've got creams. I've got beiges. I have whites. I have browns. That's kind of where I stay in. <laughs> That's kind of what my wardrobe stays in. Um, but I, I would do a pop of color if I felt like it fit in a space. I just feel like in the spaces that we've decorated already, it doesn't necessarily go because of the stone that we have on this wall and like the pink color, like things aren't complete yet. We still haven't painted the house. Like there's still so many different things that need to be done where I think it's hard for me to envision color in certain areas. Um, I like open floor concepts. I don't dislike walls. I think walls do serve a purpose. I don't like completely open where there's no separation at all. Um, but I don't like the idea of like that closed off like 80s, 70s, 80s type of thing. Like I like things to, I can look out and I can see what's happening, but mm -hmm. there's still some division between the bedrooms or the living room and the office space and all of that. So that's kind of where I sit. I guess a little more modern. Um, than most. And I, I don't even know how to describe you, Jess. So why, why don't you go ahead and describe <laughs> your style? Yeah, I know. I get asked a lot, like what my style is. And I think like the best way to describe it is um, like, kind of like an eclectic maximalist style. But mm. so I and I obviously live this vintage life very heavily. So like everything in my home is like vintage and secondhand, but it's a mix of um, like colors, textures, like periods, 
Um, you know, so I have a lot of art, um, pretty much every, it's funny when you said, yeah, well, it's serve a purpose. And I'm like, literally my thought goes, my head goes to like, yeah, it's to hang art. <laughs> that is, that's the, that is the purpose of walls. <laughs> um, I'm already, I just moved into my house like a year ago and I'm already like almost out of wall space. So, um, that is like the biggest like predicament for me. Um, but like when you look at the actual wall that, or like the actual art that's like on my walls, it's like a huge mix of, um, styles. Like there's, I mean, there's original paintings. There is a lot of fiber art, um, line drawings, like reso prints, um, screen prints, other like weavings, like other things that you wouldn't even necessarily think of as art, but you could, if you hang it, it's art. Um, Mm. so there's like, there's a lot of stuff like that around my house. Um, and like, um, a lot of like, I mean, there's a lot of rugs, um, hardwood floors, um, a mix of like mid-century furniture, but also like chrome and glass furniture and like, you know, soft, fluffy couch and, um, you know, all sorts of like, just like a mix of like colors and textures basically is what I gravitate towards. And like, I really don't personally follow trends, which is why it's like ironic that we're going to be talking about trends, but some, and that's why I do think though, as resellers and as like just people in the world, like it is important, like, yeah, trends are like always going to be, um, you know, fun to talk yeah. about and keep in mind, but like, also like, it's so important to like kind of develop that gut instinct to just like mm-hmm. go for what you really like and what you find really special, even if you don't necessarily know if like other people will like this or if it's on trend or if it's a designer piece, like if you really like it, then that will make it special. Um, so yeah, so I think my home is like really filled with stuff like that. I've been told, um, by multiple people that they feel like it's kind of like a museum that you can live in, but it's also kind of like a scavenger hunt where it's like, (laughs) you just don't know where to look because there's so much to look at, but like also that it doesn't feel cluttered. And that I think is like Mm. key for me because I'm such a collector that I'm just like, don't want to, I don't want to have it feel cluttered. I, I do worry that like I'll there's like such a fine line between like being cluttered and like kind of into that hoarding space versus like, Oh, this is like a curated um, maximalist like vibe. So I try to keep it at least some, some like um, order to the chaos a little bit, but, but yeah, so that's, that's me. Um, And yeah, I think having my own house, like for the past year, like I um, bought a house last year. So it's just like, having this space to fully like be myself and decorate the way I want to decorate has been so fun um and I think I've always had this instinct to collect and decorate but like when you're sharing a space with other people it's really hard to or if you're renting even and it's just like you have to compromise and like it's like is it worth the investment to go all out in whatever like direction you want to go in so like I will say having my own space this year has really allowed me to just like let my freak flag like fly, you know, like I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just like having fun with it. Do you think your style influences the things that you purchase to resell in your Etsy shop? I think it does because I will um, go through kind of like phases of things that I'll get like obsessed with. So like, right now and for a while I've been like really into like studio pottery of like a certain style mm-hmm. and like you know fiber art and rugs and like all sorts of stuff and then it's kind of like the more I'm into with something the more I'm like oh well other people must also be into this even though it's like are they are they out here buying studio are they just <laughs> so you know you, I, I do think I end up picking up more of the these things that I'm into as I get into them, um, and then try to sell them and either that works or it doesn't. But, um, I definitely go through phases of that. Yeah. I find that I, I've dabbled into selling home goods here and there and it is fun, but the things that you like aren't necessarily what people are looking for. And I guess the same goes with clothes too, but I feel like clothes, it's a little bit different. Home goods is so specific. Like, yeah either someone likes it or they don't period. Like that's just how it goes. And you have to find that one person out there that loves that piece the way that you do. Um, and I feel like that's harder than clothing. Yeah. I mean, like it isn't, it isn't because I feel like, I don't know with clothing, like there's so many different styles out there, but it's also, I feel like obvious whether something's going to be flattering and like cool and interesting 
versus an on-trend versus for the human body versus like in a home, like, I don't know, there's a lot that's like very obvious crap. And then there's, so like, obviously we don't pick that up, but there's a lot that it's like, maybe it's not my taste, but like, it could be, it could definitely be someone else's taste. So I do think I have like a range of things and styles in my shop that even if it's not my taste, I do feel confident that it's going to be someone else's taste because like home decorating feels so subjective to me. And like, there's so many like different aesthetics out there and so many ways you can go with it. Um, whereas like, I mean, you can't like that. Yes, that's true of fashion too, but I, I don't know something about like home decor and design just feels like very expansive to me. And it's a very personal experience too. I feel like something that I may look at, I could be like, what what would you ever use this for? And some other person will look at it and be like, I have the perfect spot for this. I have the perfect like wall for this to go on or whatever it is. So yeah, home decor is a fun, it's a fun topic. Um, whether you're decorating your home or you're trying to find pieces to put out there. And I think you guys will notice in 2024, what's out there for trends and designers say this too, like they don't really follow the trends, but they look at it to get an idea of like, okay, this is what's going to be out there. These are things we're going to find. These are things people may want. Um, it's very different than what we've seen over the last few years. Like, I feel like we were really transitioning into a different phase of home decor. Um, we're, we're really getting away from things that we've seen over the last, I'd say five plus years and going into a totally different direction. Um, but I think it all makes sense. So let's just get into it on, as to what the research, what the trendy people are saying out there. And then we'll, we'll give our thoughts and then how you guys can incorporate this. If you are thrifting to sell home goods or thrifting to purchase things for your own home. Well, sounds good. All right. Take it away, Jess. Yeah, so I think, and I we I know we kind of talked about this before, but I think like one of the overarching themes is like really a, a shift into being more open to using color and using yeah. a mix of textures and whether that's like really bright saturated colors or whether that's like dark moody colors um, and textures. Like I feel like that is kind of... Um, and I think that's a trend we've been seeing over the past like couple of years, but like, I think it's just like, it takes time for more and more people to really adopt it. So right. I, it is like, I am happy to see like people are just really having fun with it. Um, and so like all these spaces, whether that, you know, whether it is and whether it does end up being like more of a mid-century kind of style or like, you know, contemporary modern kind of style or, you know, boho, whatever it is, like, I feel like all of them are typically shifting to using more color and texture and materials um but there is also still kind of like you know there's always there's always going to be people that are interested in like a more minimalist style those Mm -hmm. like calming neutrals um you know natural materials um and more openness in that way and and not necessarily bold colors but at least it's not like such a sterile like neutral like palette color palette I think it's going to be like um you know some of these like kind of warmer neutrals I saw one blogger reference it as like a grandpa or a gentleman's home. Like that's the way that they're envisioning 2024 where there's like, I mean, darker colored. Well, I think of like an office of things like you see in a movie, right? Like an old office, this older gentleman smoking a cigar with a dark, yes, a library, right? Dark walls, um, leathers that are very thick and cushiony, like a lot of texture involved in that there's still some velvet there's definitely some suede but like it just has a different feel to it it feels like you can just sit in like there's a fireplace going kind of thing and I feel like that's really what the vibe is across the board no matter where you fall in terms of style um I also heard through some of the bloggers that mid-century modern is kind of taking a back seat which I thought was interesting because it's been at the forefront for a while um, you know, farmhouse they're saying is completely gone, modern farmhouse, completely gone. Um, and boho they're saying is like repositioning itself. Because mm. boho, I feel like took a turn <laughs> over the last yeah. 10 years, where like boho to me used to be like very eclectic, it used to be very bright, colorful, like nomad. That's basically what yeah. I thought about was like a nomad. And then it started to become like mainstream. I don't even know how to call it. It's like a farm, a mix of farmhouse with a little bit of maximalism in it. It was like, it had some yeah, textures. Yeah, and kind of like witchy. Yeah. Like, 
and it kind of, to me it kind of also feels younger yes um, like urban and, outfitters that's uh, what it feels like yeah or at least urban outfitters has fully adapted every yes, yes. like <laughs> yeah so like even these things that we've seen um they've all tried to like adapt to what's current but it feels like a lot of them are going back to their roots which is going to be really nice to see yeah and it's interesting so yeah I it's interesting with this grandpa chic um aesthetic yeah. of like the dark the darkness and the cozy like you know the coziness to it maybe a fireplace like I think so I love that idea but I also feel like how much of that I like prediction is influenced by us being in winter time right now where <laughs> this like is that, true. that seems so cozy and we would love a fireplace going and being on a like nice comfy leather couch um right and the other thing too though is that like I always wonder you know so some of these looks look so cool on like Instagram or the magazines yeah. that it's like a, full, a super dark room and it's so moody and maybe some like crazy wallpaper and um and all of that and it's like that looks great like in like on paper but then how does that end up looking in real life where like maybe it's a maybe your room doesn't get natural light very well mm-hmm. or maybe like you know kind of a dark like if it's winter time then it's like you know dark by 4 p.m so like how does that darkness actually affect your mood as well so I don't know I think like I love the idea of it but I personally know that I think I gravitate towards like colors and like lots of art and maybe potentially more neutral walls so that my art can stand out because like uh, and natural like ideally natural light because it's like so easy to be just depressed and like not have that light during the day so I don't know I like having a more airy kind of feel um but maybe that moodiness like really works for some people and they can just like I think it depends on maybe your house layout I feel like people that have the I don't know what it's called. They have like the floor to ceiling windows. Like I feel like this is like in the South and stuff, right? Like they have these big floor to ceiling windows. Yeah. I feel like you could do a dark wall in there because you're going to get so much sunlight that comes in. I could never do a dark wall in here. Number one, I don't right. think I would like it. I think it would really yeah. bother me. I feel like yeah. I wouldn't want to be in the room. Yeah. Um, I like brighter walls. Now, I'm not saying white, but like I like a brighter wall um, because I'm in New England. Yeah, it's dark. I know, exactly. as you can right. see outside right now. Right. I mean, yeah, I'm in Michigan, so I I feel that. And so it's just like the practical side of me is like I could just see like someone painting, taking the plunge to, to paint their walls this really dark, moody color. And then literally as soon as they do it, they're like, oh, no, what have I done? So yes. but like, I don't know, I guess if you do it, like go all out and really think through all of the elements of the space so that it's not just like a black box of a room Mm -hmm. um so I think like all of the other elements can help bring it together and not have it be just like pure darkness yeah although I will say some of the colors that they're choosing for these moody rooms is it's not just black it's like navies and dark greens and yeah it's pretty the way right I agree I agree yeah um you you go on to it in your uh notes here but statement walls I feel like maybe the reason why they're becoming very popular is because we're heading into that more moody type of a vibe and that statement wall may be brighter it may have some type of mural on it that brings life to the room yeah and like on the topic of that I think like so it could be so I think there's like so I think what I'm seeing is like statement pieces and that could be statement walls and like that could even be like a textured like fluted paneling on your wall mm. um and but it could also be statement pieces of like a large uh, maybe shelving unit or you know kind of cabinet or like some really unique um couch or something like that so um or even like some really unique statement lighting um so I do think that I'm seeing a trend for like having these kind of like anchor like design elements to whatever you're going for and then you can kind of like incorporate other like almost like layering like kind of like what we were talking about before but like layering these other elements of the room Mm -hmm. around the statements yeah you say layering and my brain automatically goes to like everything that I saw in these trends for 2024 where everything's a layer and it and it goes right back to the fashion trend of layering as well where you have multiple pieces that are going together to complete the whole outfit and this is the way that they're designing rooms now it's there's still this minimalistic 
I have two pieces of furniture and nothing else. There's still that vibe. But there's this other one where there's drapes, there's curtains, there's um, throws in different areas. There's these big pillows, there's softer pillows, there's suede pillows. There's all these different elements that are thrown in to complete the room to make it feel cozy. I think if we were to pick a word besides moody, it would be cozy. That's yeah. what the vibe is. Yeah. And I think, yeah. And I, I definitely agree with that trend. And I think I'm seeing that as well. And even just couches. So I think like, and, and this kind of, I think even goes along with like, if you think, I don't know if I'd say mid-century modern is going away. I think that's like super, super timeless and desirable, but yeah. I do think that there are elements of mid-century modern design in furniture, especially couches that was not really, that hasn't necessarily stood the test of time in terms of comfort. Right. Um, and like being able to really lounge on them and like use them in that way. Um, so I do think like with couches, there's a trend towards like either, you know, very these large plush sectionals or yeah. like mine is kind of more, it's not a sectional, it's more of a, just like a three seater, but it is like very like stuffed. So like, mm -hmm. even though it kind of looks minimal, it feels comfy um, yeah. because it's so like firm and stuffed. And then like, I think, um, there are some vintage style couches and seating that are like super low and like loungy as well. And like, so I guess if you're going to go for more of a vintage vibe, like some of those um, can really fit as well, but still kind of within that, that idea of comfort and like just kind of a bit more practical in terms of like, you have a whole family and you want to hang out and watch a movie. You can actually like do that on um, this like giant sectional that you have. Right. Get away from the white couch that I've never understood that everyone wanted in their home. And I'm like, I don't get it. I, okay, so mine is, mine is white. But to be fair, I um, live alone. And I will say whenever I have people over, if we're like ever like drinking wine in my living room, oh, and, like, on the couch, I am on the edge of my seat. <laughs> like I'm the worst. <laughs> I'm like the worst because I'm just like, please like don't move your hands so dramatically as you're speaking I'm so Please nervous put your drink down yeah I'm so nervous that someone's gonna like spill something break something um but it looks damn good while it's, well, I'm just, yes, while it's it there. looks beautiful <laughs> but it freaks me out and also when you say low couches yeah. I'm like, that's all my mom likes and it's like going couch shopping with her is impossible because all the modern couches are higher they're more plush and yeah. you sit up a little bit higher and she's five feet she's tiny so her feet never touch the ground. So she's always like, I like the old couches from like when I was, when she was growing up because okay. they were all low, like very seventies, right? Yeah. They're, but they're not easy to find. If you go yeah. to a furniture store, they don't generally have them. Yeah. It's interesting. I guess I hadn't thought about that. I mean, I'm four nine and mine, I would say is not low, but I don't really sit on it with my feet, like on the ground. It's like, if you're on a couch, then you're kind of yeah. like lounging on it. Yeah, you're talking about like, a 60 up. plus year old woman here. So, you know, a couch <laughs> no, to her is not to like, uh, not like us where we lounge yeah, and like hang out. Me. Yeah. She's just sitting to watch something and then she's getting up and doing something else. Like yeah. that, that's like yeah, my mom. That's what they she, do. Right. Okay. You know what she needs? Um, She needs an ottoman. She needs more ottomans right? in her life. So she can right. put her feet up on that. That's and she doesn't have, to have her. her feet like on the ground. That's what I tell her. I know. I know. <laughs> um, oh, goodness gracious. My cell phone is going off like crazy. We're going to just shut that off right there. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> always in the middle of recording. It's like eight text messages in a row. It's like, I can't, I can't, I can't. Yeah. Right now. Um, okay. So you love artwork. So for you, the idea of a gallery wall is very exciting. Mm -hmm. I don't dislike the idea of a gallery wall, but my brain says they all have to be symmetrical to one another and they have to line up a certain way. And that's not really what this is about. This is kind of yeah. like creating a really fun piece and it doesn't have to be the same. And yeah. people who have my brain have a hard time with this because yeah. everything is supposed to be equal. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I've seen gallery walls too where it is like a very organized grid and like that can work too. Um, I think if you like really plan it out and maybe you had like exactly the same like size, like maybe photographs or and frames and you did it like that. Um, I like, I mean, the fact is I just have so much art that like I simply have to have gallery walls because I like I'm trying to fit as much like onto the wall as possible. But it's interesting you say that though, because um, I know I saw like on at least like one or two blogs that 
they feel that gallery walls are out and large statement pieces are in. And I would argue that gallery walls will never be out, but I Mm. do think that there is a lot of beauty and like power in these like large statement art pieces, kind of like what we're going back to with like, you know, just a statement piece in general to be a focal point of the room. Um, I do think like it can look so cool when you have like a very large piece or uh, maybe not like the full wall, but like still pretty large piece. And like, it's not necessarily surrounded by tons of other art or decor. Um, And I know in my, I mean, in my bedroom, I do now have um, kind of more gallery walls going on, but I do have like a pretty large um, piece just above my bed. And I think that is often like a really good place to be Mm -hmm. like testing out having just like a giant like art piece. Yeah. Agreed. I love the idea of a big piece of artwork and then that's the focal point. Like that's yeah. what you kind of design around, whatever this piece of artwork looks like. And that's how you kind of design the room. Yeah. Um, but I also like the idea of a mural. Like I wouldn't hate a big mural wall. Yeah. That can look very cool as well. I just wouldn't do it myself, which means I'd have to hire someone. Or wallpaper. I guess wallpaper I would be an option. Yeah. I mean... I don't think it would be like the hardest thing in the world to hire someone. Like, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of local artists, so you never know. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but like, at least in Michigan, like Detroit, there's a lot of like artists, but I also don't know what they charge for a mural. So, so say, I can't, I can't so even imagine how much that would cost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come and design my wall and then just don't tell me the price because I'm not going to do it. <laughs> but it can look, yeah, it can definitely look pretty cool. I know. I mean, like, in the seventies, they had um, those like wall decal kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, that they were like often like you know striped like squiggly lines, and so that kind of thing can look also really cool. Um, and especially if you don't own a lot of art, I do think having some sort of um, you know those kinds of like wall decals or you know like just a little bit of that like it's not a full mural, but it's something on the wall. Yeah. Um, I think could be a good like alternative to trying to like actually just source art if you. I know a lot of people like when it comes to art they might feel like this is out of my wheelhouse I don't really know what my style is what my taste is is this quality art I don't I don't really know what I like um I don't know what a good price is for art right so um so yeah so I think that could be like a good alternative for people if they want to spice things up a little bit um just think being more creative in how they're they're painting their wall or decorating the wall that doesn't have to be just like one blanket color or you know, or testing out wallpaper could also be a good option. I think something that I've seen at thrift store that I just don't go near, but people do donate their wallpaper that they don't use anymore. So I think if you find some and you want to dabble into selling some wallpaper, I think now's a great time to do it too, with people testing out these new ideas or create. And I mean, they could use a small piece of that wallpaper to start their mural and then go off and do something else. Like I think there's a lot of creative people out there that will mix and match things and make it look like it's one cohesive piece, but it's really a bunch of different pieces put together. Um, so yeah, I think, and that's such a cheap investment generally when you find scraps of wallpaper and that's, I feel like that's like the perfect thing to just throw up and see who would be yeah. interested in that. Yeah. And it's interesting with wallpaper, with scraps of wallpaper, it's, I mean, I don't know if you could do, you probably couldn't do a full wall with that, but like you could think about what are their maybe pockets or alcoves you have that you could use this on or maybe like not a full wall but like maybe if you have like wainscot and you can put it up on just half of the wall or um you can kind of put it also like on like the back end of like a bookcase or something Mm -hmm. like you know just different ways to like incorporate that um that could maybe even tie into other like colors that you have throughout the room or and have it just kind of be like a fun surprise and pop of color yeah uh, moving on here, we have curved shapes and fluted textures. Um, we've we've been talking about textures as we go along. And I think a lot of times when you, you've mentioned it here and it's a lot of it's not always furniture. Sometimes it is light fixtures. It's different things in the room that add texture. There's one woman that I was watching um, and she mentioned chandeliers and how, you know, when we think of chandeliers, we think of like these pendants and the sparkly thing. And like, that's not what people are looking for. They're looking for basically a piece of art that is a chandelier and it could be colorful or it could be like a Murano glass kind of thing. And it looks different and it gives a different feel to the room. It's definitely not the traditional way of thinking of a chandelier. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I actually have like a whole section on lighting, um, towards the bottom, but I agree. I think, um, in terms of like like fluid like these curved shapes curved lines 
um, and like fluted textures. Like I'm seeing that with, um, you know, maybe the shape of your table that could be like a dining table. It could be a coffee table, side table. I feel like there's been a lot of DIY videos too on this. So you could like really try to make something if you want. Um, and it seems like, I mean, there's, especially like during the pandemic, I feel like nonstop, there were so many like very seem like pretty simple DIYs honestly of like trying mm -hmm. out to making something that has a kind of just a more fun either like fully like squiggly kind of shape or just like a round oval or circular shape to it and maybe more like potentially some of those like have kind of like more pillar like fat like legs um and it's just kind of playing with those like dimensions and and shapes and then I think with like um you know light fixtures like I've seen this is kind of like a little bit of a mid-century and space age thing but like I think those, um, you know, large globe lights are really mm. in. Um, and yep. I have one that I thrifted for like $5 in Ohio that I'm obsessed with in my, that I put in my kitchen above my island. Um, and I also see like, you know, kind of like the more papery ones are really popular too. Um, so those, I feel like they are a statement and they can just add, like they're a statement without being a statement. Like they're not in your face, but they are really beautiful and kind of like, make the space feel more like airy in some way and or elevated um and so that's I mean that's like one style of light fixture but there's like a million other types of lights so I do feel like lamps and lighting is like a big it's kind of like mm -hmm. a focus and I don't know if it's a, a new focus or if it's just that I'm noticing it as a focus because I'm in a house where like I do have like the option to just swap out light fixtures and then like my upstairs bedrooms like don't have any overhead lights. So it was oh. like, um, and the house was built in 78. And, you know, when I was touring houses, I was also touring houses from like the sixties. And there were quite a few that didn't have any overhead lights because like there was a really big emphasis on lamps during yeah. that time. So I think like that is, um, you know, I think as we're all like really getting into, I think there's just like, everyone is like into vintage right now. And for good reason, cause it's like mm -hmm. just really cool. Um, but there, it's a throwback to the lifestyles of then and the design trends, you know, incorporating that now um, yeah. to be using more like floor lamps, table lamps, pendant lights, swag lights, all that good stuff. Yeah. To say that we turn on the lights in this house when it's just us, like not really. No, not unless I'm cooking in the kitchen. I need to like see something. But like when we're not in there, we're only watching TV. We have a lamp on. And that's it. Like nothing else. And we have overhead lights. We just don't turn them on. Yeah. I know. It's really, it's interesting. I mean, lighting can be, and I'm not an expert in lighting at all, but like, it is really interesting how much lighting can really influence the mood of a room and like mm -hmm. the vibe of the room. And like, I think kind of on, in the idea of layering, it's like, I think it's a good idea to have different types of lights um, in your room. Like for example, in my kitchen, I have um, like, you know, kind of these inset lights that are really bright. And I really like how bright they are, but I do also still have that globe like pendant yep. light that adds to the mood. And I wouldn't say that that's the brightest light. Like I don't only use that to light up my kitchen, right. but it does create kind of like a vibe when it's on and it's on a dimmer. So that can be really cool too. Um, but then when I want the room to be fully bright, I, I have that option as well. Um, so yeah, there's all sorts of different lighting options out there. Now there's like, I mean, people have like those fancy light bulbs that can be different colors. Yeah. That is super fun for like a party. If you are yeah. someone who hosts a lot, like, or even just like, if you're at home chilling and want to watch a movie and like, you really want to create a mood for yourself. I think that can be a really fun idea. I am not tech savvy at all. And maybe that's not even a tech savvy thing that you, you maybe you don't need to be tech savvy to have these, um, colored lights. I don't know. I'm, I'm like really simple, but um, I, I love the idea of them and I do know people that use them and I think it can be, um, that can be a really fun way to spice things up as well. Yeah. I, and I think in terms of like sourcing and thrifting, there are endless amounts of lamps and light fixtures. Yeah. They're everywhere. And if you are able to find a complete set for a light fixture, because sometimes it's not, sometimes it's bits and pieces, but I mean, pick it up. Yeah. Well, also you can rewire stuff like pretty easily. Right. I, and I'm not um, an expert on full rewiring, but I did have, you know, someone um, help me with like my pendant light that it, like needs to be rewired. And um, you can buy those parts at Home Depot, you know, like it's right. really not bad. Um, and so I would, I would definitely not be too 
intimidated by that. If you find a cool lamp and you're like, I don't know um, how hard this is going to be to like install or, um, you know, whatever, like I would, I would just, I mean, try to do some research on it, but like, don't be scared either because those can be really cool and really special either for yourself or, you know, to resell. I can't imagine selling light fixtures, but people do it. People do it. Yeah. I just, it's not my it. wheelhouse. <laughs> I will say I have so many lamps right now that I need to sell and I'm a little intimidated on how to sell them. If it were like, if I was trying to ship when it comes to those shades and like, that's right. kind of really what it is, is like the shades can are, you don't want to damage those and those aren't like that durable. So um, yeah, it might have to be like local pickup only kind of thing but right um yeah I don't know like lights are, are really cool and some are I mean there's so many that are really iconic so I um would definitely encourage people to like research this and kind of brush up on it um yeah I mean people sell furniture all the time you know then they just yeah. local people that that buy it so you can absolutely do it especially if you find really unique pieces where you are yeah, exactly. The only downside is that they are pretty bulky. So, especially yeah. like the larger ones and like the mid-century ones tend to be like giant statement, like yes. pieces with large shades. And I have like a giant one that I just found that I want to resell, but it is so big that it's, yeah, they, they do take up, they can take up a lot of space. I'm sure. Uh, we talked about couches. Is there anything else you want to add? Um, Let's see. Is this just in terms um of overall size oh I would also say yeah. tiles okay oh yeah yeah um, tiles yeah. totally tiles missed another. that one. <laughs> oh no you're good um tiles I would say have been a, like a thing for a while like and I think I noticed them a lot during pandemic times because there was so much DIY and like home decorating and like renovating happening so that was like a lot of content that I was seeing on just like YouTube and like Instagram um but I think like people are having a lot of fun with tiles like um, not even just, you know, kind of like the standard, like ways of arranging tiles, there's kind of like different styles of that and different styles of tiles. Um, and like, you can use them not just on your backsplash, but also like in showers and countertops and like, in you know, tabletops and, you know, just kind of being a little bit more out of the box with like the surfaces that you're putting them on, um, which I think looks really beautiful. I would just say, I've heard that they're not the most practical to clean. So well, I can't that, imagine a tabletop if tile would be practical. <laughs> yeah, or like countertops or showers, like yeah, a lot of that. But it looks gorgeous. So yes. I guess it's kind of like going always going back to the the concept, like you have to weigh out like what's more practical versus like how much how far do you want to go with like the aesthetic of it versus right. like you have to live in this space and you're taking showers. Like yeah. how are <laughs> maybe if you're hiring a cleaning person, you aren't thinking about it, but I don't know. I guess I would just think about like kind of the long longevity of, of how that will last. Yeah. I did want to mention one thing before um, we move on and it's this idea of having plants within your space to almost create an oasis. Like I think mm-hmm. we can thank 2020 <laughs> for this, where everyone wants to create an oasis where they are and they're in their home. And we're seeing it with like these backyard trends as well, where people are literally creating oases in their backyards. They're creating, you know, these different stone works and these different areas where you can relax and hang out and they're creating streams and like all these different things so they don't have to leave their yard. Um, but now I feel like from what I've what I saw the last few days when I was researching this was people are bringing the plants inside and it's adding an element of like peace and tranquility. And it reminds me a lot of like, um, I guess Asian culture because they incorporate a lot of plants within their home, but now it's expanding to this moody side as well. So I thought it was really interesting mix of Mm -hmm. um, different styles. Yeah, I agree. I think like, and I've actually started I mean, I am not a green thumb like at all, but I will say there's some plants that are easier than others to Mm -hmm. take care of and propagate. So like, I also have like started doing that myself and, um, it's a great way. It's like, it's a great way to use my planters because I find so many cool planters (laughs) and, um, it just gives me excuse to buy more. So, uh, yeah, totally, totally on board with this trend. Yeah. Except if you have animals, that's the only part because Mm -hmm. so many like, I can't put a big tall tree in here. My cat will climb it. I'm like, I can't yeah. do that. Yeah. 
and some plants are bad for animals in general, depending on the animal that you have, like if they were to bite into it and stuff. So you do do your research. But if it's a fake plant, yeah. it's fine. Right. I'll have you go on to the next one where I think it's um, minimalism and then we're going to go into aesthetics, guys. Okay. Um, I think we kind of, we kind of talked about we touched this. on this, right? Yeah, I think it's just like, it's basically just kind of saying like, even though like, I think more people are open to using more colors and textures, like, I don't think like actual, like just kind of the more neutral tones and calming minimalism will necessarily go away. I think that it's just like, evolving to potentially be incorporating more warm um neutrals like beige instead of just white or like you know soft pink or soft light brown instead of like you know the the grayish that we we've been seeing the grayish um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> um you make mention of uh japandi which is an actual trend it's it's very minimalistic um and it and what's the other one called with the, the, there's a name for it that replicates what people in Sweden, like what their houses look like in Sweden. There's um, a name for it. I have heard a term that I don't know if this is what it is. And I also don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but it's like, huga. Yes, something like know. that. Is that it? But, <laughs> but but those two styles are very similar. And when I think minimalistic, that like that's true minimalism. Yeah. It's like, brown walls i mean brown wood accent somewhere in some way shape or form with a chair that's wooden with the white cushion like and there's two of them and then maybe there's a table in the middle and that's it and like a really high ceiling like it's very mm-hmm. simple yeah well the interesting thing about i think like some of the style like sometimes when we see something a room that's super simple but still looks very aesthetic like that like for example the high ceilings like that depends on having a place with high ceilings mm-hmm. like so much of that depends on having a place with like probably like large windows and mm-hmm. you know just like the structure and the architecture of the place and not all of us have that luxury you know i would love nope. to like live in a place that had you know arched you know or like a sloping mid-century ceiling and exposed beams and whatever which is necessarily the same as that but it's like you know, I see pictures that are a bit more of like a minimalist mid-century modern style. And like, that's gorgeous, but my house isn't actually that style. So I need to like, kind of just make the most of, of what I have. And I think a lot of people are, are in that boat. Agreed. Um, and then one more thing, and then we can go on to the aesthetics. There's this trend going on. I think if you sell home goods, you could really tap into this when you're at the thrift store where home offices are becoming permanent because most people are either remote or hybrid. And there's this emphasis on creating an actual walled in space with a door. Like it is your, it is your spot to work. And that is it. It's not just you sitting at the kitchen table on the Island, you know, whatever it is, we're creating actual spaces for this, which was a thing prior. Um, but not as common. Now it's becoming a common space in a home. And I think if you're outsourcing, you can find lots of things that people donate that someone would love to have in a home office. Something as simple as even a globe, like little things like that. People like to decorate their home office and it be a space where they feel comfortable, where it feels cozy, but still sophisticated enough. So if they do go on a meeting, like there's no clutter, it doesn't look like you're sitting at your kitchen table, I guess. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's, yeah, it's interesting. I think like just thinking to the range of backgrounds that I've seen from people when they are working from home, like I feel like I have a lot of coworkers who don't have any background at all um, and they'll like blur it out and it's, or they're just like in a room that has literally nothing. And, right. and then they usually remark on my background, which of course is, is gallery walls and books yeah. and, and things. And they're like, wow, okay. Um, and so I don't know. So I see that. And then, I, but when I do, I think I, when I do see people that do have a background, it might be like, um, a bookshelf of some kind mm-hmm. or, or a bookcase and like, they'll have like little trinkets on it that kind of represent them. Um, so yeah, thinking of like ways people can style, like, I don't know, thinking of sourcing things like people can style on a bookshelf, yep. um, maybe bookends. I'm a huge, I'm a good collector of stone bookends. So that is like something I always look out for. Um, and yeah, I mean, yeah, there's all sorts of cool little things I think that people could be using to to style up like a home office. Yeah. 
All right, let's talk about aesthetics. So these are just some terms. I was just trying to think of like these are keywords. They're good yeah, keywords. Are, yeah, exactly. Keywords. Um, and these are kind of a mix of like what people have already well, or I guess like what trends have already been existing, and then also like keywords for that of just these new trends that we're hearing, like this grandpa chic. Um, and I'm gonna have one right now. Um, but yeah, so some terms and and just kind of like aesthetics in general are like obviously mid-century modern um maximalist slash eclectic and so we've kind of already described those a bit um grand millennial slash like I'd say like modern I've heard it called like modern traditional or colonial um and I think that kind of like incorporates um I mean I don't know I think it has like actually kind of like a blend of like some elements of like even like cottagecore or like you know I don't know some of these other trends too but I guess like I would think of like little like dainty florals or like chintzy kind of floral patterns um, mm-hmm. and like maybe chinoiserie type of styles um, and a little bit of like, yeah, just like a little bit of like granny chic to it, but like having it be kind of like a more elevated, like almost, I don't want to say bougie, but like just a more like tasteful, older, like classic style. Yes. Um, and then I would say, so there, I've heard like French provincial or like Regency core, um, which like is kind of like, I would say incorporating like, you know, brass and like gold tones and like filigree and um, those, I think of like, I mean, I, don't know, I, I can think of like certain like even like Instagram people that really embody this style. Um, it's and, very Bridgerton. Know. <laughs> yeah like Bridgerton I don't know maybe it would even be helpful to share out certain links like after yeah. afterward or something but um as just like I guess like to help visualize um but yeah I think of like I don't know um like ornate frames um on, on pictures and uh, you know oil painting like of still life kind of thing like you know that kind of style um and like maybe brass like candlesticks and stuff like that um and then let me there's like french countryside cottagecore which i think maybe it overlaps a bit with like what you were describing in terms of your style but Mm -hmm. i I feel like i've also seen some versions of this on like certain instagram accounts that like i'm not entirely sure if this is your style or not this might be a little bit like more of that like it almost reminds me of like a combination of like 90s too in a way of like kind of like ruffles and and pinstripes and floral prints pink like white wicker um and like farmhouse a little bit um and then there's boho which I would say is like people who consider themselves witchy um plants rattan uh, more of like the brown wicker um owls and mushrooms although I do think that like I don't know like they're so popular but I do think this trend is a bit um you know is being pushed a bit far by resellers so like I think a lot of people a lot of resellers have caught on to like oh owls and mushrooms are popular like we should really um raise the prices on all of this and so I would say some of that sits for longer I mean myself included I feel like I don't necessarily see my owl stuff like flying off the shelves but I also have it like priced accordingly with thinking that this is like a really popular trend um so, so just kind of things like that, I would say. Um, and then, you know, there's kind of like industrial salvage. Um, this is like, I would say, a mix of like different textures, maybe more metal in there um, and wood repurposed things. Um, I kind of think of like, I mean, I don't know. I think this can go into like different, multiple different like aesthetics a little bit, but there is this one um, company. I'm, I'll give them a shout out. They're called Woodward Throwbacks. and they um, are like a local Detroit um, couple that make like really, really cool um, furniture and design pieces out of like truly salvaged materials from, you know, abandoned like buildings around Detroit or like really across Michigan. And they also source at all sorts of antique and, and salvage um, type of places, but they make some really cool um, pieces out of that. And then, you know, we're hearing this grandpa chic. So like those dark moody colors, brown leather, textured layers um and like kind of like an off almost like an office vibe but like not but like a li- a, a living space necessarily. it's not right. just an office um and then I would also say space age is always in but you just don't see space age stuff 
very commonly out and about like not at all that is coveted so good luck to you um just sourcing (laughs) that um in the wild but there is some out there still and that is like typically a lot of like plastics and maybe colorful but like also white or clear but it's like typically kind of goes into like the shape of um you know different like furniture pieces or lamps or um you know office organizing things like um and yeah very a very cool aesthetic um maybe stuff that's like very modular um and yeah it's just it's hard to find because it is yeah yeah, few and far between um but yeah I would say those are and that I'm sure does not encompass all of the aesthetic millions of trends (laughs) yeah there's so many trends and like so many terms for them but like I think these are just kind of some that came to mind when I think of like some different um, popular ones that I'm that I'm seeing and have been seeing for the past you know year or two. Mm-hmm. And then just also gives us some things to be on the lookout for as a reseller. Yeah. So, um, so this first section is kind of like um, specifically thinking of like the time of year. So currently we are you know end of holiday time, um, but so that means a lot of like serving holiday entertaining so think of um you know pieces that can be used for serving and can also be like displayed um and like make a beautiful display as someone has like a dinner party or just has people over and they're like you know getting food or um could be displayed like throughout the year even in like a nice china cabinet or something like that so i would say pieces that have you know a kind of a scandinavian modern design are always very in teak and warm wood enamelware, um, bold colors and sleek shapes, um, fun sleek glassware, colored glassware, um, or even like little things to make your drink. So like to make your drink stand out. So I'm thinking of like little, not like wine charms, but like things that could go like on a drink or like, Mm. you know, just different little things that, um, you know, if you're at a party, like you can remember which drink is yours. Um, one of my, I just went to like a vintage shop yesterday with a friend and she was like looking for a white elephant gift and so she found these like tiny little um they're like these like little men that are, look Aww. like they're hanging on the edge of the glass oh, and they're so cute. fun and that is like a perfect like little like vintage touch to add to your either your own or like as a gift um, yeah. or like you know dinner parties and you can use that all year and it's just super fun and like whimsical and I mean those were like ten dollars you know like that wasn't bad right um and then I would say coasters um, are selling really well, uh, napkin rings, um, runners, like table runners, um, enamel teapots sell really well for me, uh, barware. So that could be like also like cocktail, like, you know, mixing utensils and shakers um, and then or like bar carts. So those are kind of all just different, like, or and I didn't even mention this, but like serving, like, what do they call utensils, like cutting, yep. Knife, yep. fancy knife and fork kind of thing. Um, there's a lot of those as well, although we know that some sometimes some platforms might have an issue. Yeah, <laughs> have an issue with you shipping those, <laughs> as we yeah. as we've heard from some of our yes. friends. So yes. be, I guess be careful with that if that is considered like a weapon or sharp a weapon. object, whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, but those are those are really nice pieces for people to have, and um, I think as more and more people of our of this generation, like millennials, are like you know, maybe having their first home, having more and more dinner parties, want to feel like Mm -hmm. they're really able to step into that like adult period of life and like maybe have like finally host family in their own home or, you know, host friends or something. Like I think people are wanting to invest in nice pieces as they can really break out for these, these occasions. Agreed. Um, Yeah. And then I would say like moving into January. um, So people will be purging well, typically, supposedly, this is a time where people purge. So that's a good time for sourcing. But then also, like, you know, thinking as like a reseller, people are probably using their Christmas money. Um, and that could be either on gifting for themselves, or it could be used towards like sprucing up their home and getting more organized. So um, I would say, like, just think about things that you might want to pick up when it comes to like how people want to be revamping their home a little bit. Um, and then also just like getting more organized in their life or, um, you know, their home office. I just noticed there are two things at the bottom here that we didn't talk about. And one is candle holders and books. 
Yeah, those I'm gonna get to. The, I was gonna get to those too. Okay. Like so, basically, in terms, those are definitely things though to keep an eye out for. Um, and I, we can just get to those now. Actually, these aren't in any particular order. Um, okay. I'm just, I'm just like a crazy person. I feel like I'm so, especially with my full time job, I'm so used to having like really detailed notes. Um, so I'm just like, okay. Um, but yeah, I think so. Candle holders and candelabras, I think, are a really classic thing to be sourcing really all year round. Some of my friends um, who are resellers do really well with um, brass specifically. I don't really source a lot of brass. I think, I mean, it looks great. It looks fine, but it's just not, I guess not what gets me yeah. the most excited, but it does really well for, for them. So I think like, you know, know your niche, know your audience, but that can be like a really great, um, great thing, whether it's like matching candle holders or even like, you know, kind of different, like tiered, like a mix and match kind of um, arrangement. Um, those look really great on someone's mantle or on a tabletop or like the center of a table on a runner. Um, and then I would also say candelabras are are great, which is really just basically candle holders, but like more than one holds one more than one right. at a time. So like I know for me when I'm I feel like I never was that into candle holders until I started sourcing candle. I started trying to source candle holders, I should say, with the intention of selling them because Didn't they do happen. so well. <laughs> and then I was just finding candle holders that and candelabras that I really like for myself. So now that's like one of my things and I'm like on the lookout for some cool candle holders and candles to go in them. Um, but yeah, I personally, like, I feel like I'm attracted to like kind of more of like the wrought iron, like brutalist or yeah. like primitive style. Um, and the like, and then I also like some of the gold and like wood kind of mid-century styles as well. They're a bit more like modern. Um, but there's there's so many different ones. I mean, there's stone candle holders, there's glass, there's like, you know, every material. So I would say like, keep an eye out for those because those are really timeless. And I think they're, they really elevate people's like, you know, tables when they're entertaining. But I think um, just in general, they they look really classy. Um, and then, I would, yeah, I would say like, in terms of um, books, like, so um, I'm a big collector of books, obviously. Um, I have a lot that I want. You guys to have not seen Jess's book wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I have some of it on my Instagram. That's just um, that's just like one wall of books. But then I have more books that don't fit on on my wall, so they're all over my house. But um, but yeah, there's so many different books. I think that make really great gifts, and also just like people are interested in them for themselves as well. Whether that's like you know coffee table books that they can display or like actual just like you know very specific personal books so like around like a very niche like topic um I would say in terms of coffee table books like you know art and design is always really great travel photography um or even like kind of just more local like Michigan history or like Detroit you know right. like that kind of thing can be um I think a really great gift but also just like I mean I don't know just looks good on a coffee table and is like really nice to peruse through um, and I would say, like, in terms of, like, the more niche, like, books, I'm kind of going off of, like, so listening, I listen to a lot of podcasts, a lot of reseller podcasts, including some book resellers, even though I don't even sell a lot of books, I just think it's interesting. <laughs> um, and what they say, I think, when it comes to selling, like, rare and, like, antique, like, antiquarian books that go for more money, like, the more niche you can get, the better. Um, because, like, someone like that those are the ones that are harder to find typically mm. and if someone is like really into something so specific it is going to be so hard for them to find that book and they are they're going to be willing to pay a little bit more for that um so yeah so I would pick up stuff like that and um I'm just like I don't know I'm sick of like Amazon book resellers that just scan and then they just throw out anything that they can't scan and it's like that's not how like there's a lot of people that might want some older books that don't have a barcode so like don't don't sleep on those like there might be some some good stuff in there um but yeah and then I would say like the other big thing to keep an eye out for which we kind of already talked about was lamps and lighting so just noticing that like people are really I mean there's like a lot of different styles of lamps and lighting that people could be interested in so like I mean there's floor lamps which are like you know the taller taller ones I mean and I think like I've seen people be really interested in um obviously like the super iconic like swooping ones yeah, yeah, um yeah. 
And so those are a bit more of like mid-century and space age where it's like you might have the base behind your couch and then it like swoops over and then the actual light is like above the couch and the lounging area. Um, And then like, but I've also seen people be interested in those kind of like just taller, like postmodern, like 80s, 90s floor lamps where it's like almost like an inverted triangle at the top, like different kind of styles like that too. Um, and I think, you know, those are nice because they take up less space than something that's like very large and swooping. Like, like I personally don't know if I would even have, I mean, I guess I could make room if I, if forced, I could make room for a beautiful swooping mid-century lamp. But, um, but yeah, I think those, those do require a lot of space. Um, and then there's also like, um, you know, like table lamps. So um, I think when it comes to table lamps, they don't have to be matching, but if you can find matching sets. Um, that can be really nice, especially for like um, nightstands, like if you, you know, a bedroom set or a living room, like on either side of the couch, like I think people do really appreciate when there is like a matching set, especially if it's vintage, like that's hard, that's yeah. hard to find and that's hard to replace. So um, matching is always good. And if you go for like the mid-century style, I think like um, those are specifically known for having like really cool shades usually. So, you know, wanting to really examine the shades and make sure those are in good condition and, um, you know, not not broken or like punctured or too like dirty or whatever, like, you know, just want to kind of keep that in mind because that's kind of like part of like really the glamour of it. Um, And then mushroom shape lighting is very in. So and that has been in for a while. That's but like. I mean, yeah, good luck finding those in the wild. But I was going to say, I don't think I've ever seen that in the thrift store. Ever. Yeah, so I would say more estate sales, and then you're gonna yeah. be like fighting for this. Like you yeah. better get there early. <laughs> if there's if there's a mushroom shaped lamp at the estate sale, you better believe there's gonna be some people yeah. there several hours early. So yep. be prepared for that if that's what you want. Um, but they look, they definitely look really cool and um, kind of timeless. So I I'm very into those as well. Not that I have any, but that's okay. Um, and those, and I think there's also like. I mean, there's vintage ones um, from very iconic brands like Laurel, but there's also like a lot of modern reproductions uh, that are just generally mushroom shaped right now too. So um, if you were like sourcing just for yourself, um, you know, there's, there's that too. And then, um, so swag lights and pendant lamps are really cool. Like I would say these are really nice for kind of like what we were saying, having a statement um, where like these probably aren't going to be providing the most light. Like if you just have one, you know, pendant lamp or a swag light or whatever, um, but they're really cool looking um, and can really be like a focal point, maybe in like a corner of a room if it's a swag lamp or like above a table or something like that. So for anyone who doesn't know what a swag lamp is, that's like basically when um, it's basically like a pendant lamp and probably could be turned into one if you remove the chain, but there's a chain around it and it's kind of like you attach part of the chain to the ceiling and then you usually attach kind of part of the chain to like the wall and then it like falls down and then you plug it in to like an actual outlet as opposed to like only having it hang from the center like from the ceiling um but yeah those are cool so I have a large mix of of lamps around my house and it's just fun it's fun to have like different lighting um and I think like if you are into that kind of like eclectic style where you're pulling from a different like a wide range of different eras and, and decades like you know, you can really have a lot of fun with incorporating all of that into your lighting as well. I feel like mine is like all over the place, but it's fun and it works. <laughs> um, so you mentioned down here too about the boho rattan type lamps. I feel like those were everywhere over the last few years and I used yeah. to like them. And now that they're everywhere, I don't like them anymore. <laughs> I know. I know. I mean, and that's, is, isn't that the way? I mean, that's just yes. how, I feel like that's like really how it goes with so many things where it's like, feels really novel at first, but the more that you see it and everyone has it and then, you know, Ikea's making it and Target's making everyone it. Everyone has it. You know, and that's, then I think that's kind of hard too, where it's like, at least for me as like a vintage, like seller and lover, it's like, you know if the modern stores start making these reproductions that just look so, I mean, they look good and they work, you know, it can be hard to be as into the vintage ones, even if they are true vintage, because it's just like, I don't know, like this is such a um, saturated trend now. Like everyone has one of these. Yeah. Well, I hope you guys found this helpful and 
fun to listen to. Uh, we are going to put out a mood board, I guess, kind of uh, thing out there for everyone in our Patreon groups. So you can actually visualize what all of these things are and get a good handle on what things to look out for. So that'll be out within the next like week or so. Um, but yeah, other than that, that is it. Thank you so much, Jess, for coming on and chatting about this. Jess will be on again because we'll talk more about vintage and stuff. Awesome. We'll do that. Can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> We're breaking her out of her shell so she can just <laughs> be on more and talk more because you have a lot of knowledge out there. You do. So you got to share it with the world. Um, uh-huh. All right, everyone. Mm-hmm. We have one more episode left for the year, which is crazy. And then it's 2024. <laughs> Literally two weeks away. It's just wild. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it is just like flying by. I don't. I know. I don't know. It really this is. is. like next week. Like what? Uh-huh. <laughs> So I hope everyone has a great week and we will chat soon. Bye.